Episode 343 of the Biz Talk Podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Seminoff. Plans for a 50-bed regional psychiatric hospital in the Wichita area are proceeding, meaning more access to health care, help for a state-run court system, and jobs for South Central Kansas. Scott Bruner, Deputy Secretary of Hospitals and Facilities for the Kansas Department for Aging and Disability Services, joins me in episode 343 to talk about the need for a psychiatric hospital in our area, as well as where it might be located. Scott joins me in just a minute. But first, here's a look at what's in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week looks at the next Wichita City Council that will be seated in early January. There's a libertarian mayor, three Democratic council members, and three Republican council members. What could go wrong? What could go right? Reporter Josh Witt talked to all seven about what they see ahead in terms of priorities, and just as importantly, working together on a new look bench. The cover story begins on page 14. We have three, count them, three lists in this week's paper. SBA lenders, where we rank what financial institutions are making the most small business association loans. SBA loans, ranking the largest SBA loans in our area for the last fiscal year, and nursing home facilities. The list began on page eight. Our Women Who Lead series returns this week with women who lead in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Meet these standout professionals beginning on page 18. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 30. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Scott Bruner is Deputy Secretary for Hospitals and Facilities for the Kansas Department for Aging and Disability Services, or KDADS. And he's a great state official to talk to when it comes to psychiatric hospitals in Kansas. And with a plan in place for a new regional psychiatric hospital in South Central Kansas, I really appreciate him taking some time out of a hectic pre-Christmas week to join me to talk about those plans. Scott, thanks so much and welcome. Yo, thanks, Kirk, for the invitation. I'm happy to share some more information and, and answer questions. I, I think there are a lot of questions, and I, I'm, I'm glad we have this opportunity. But before we talk about the, the regional hospital, let's get to know you a little bit. Are, are you a Kansan, and how did you make your way to KDADS? Oh, um, I am. I'm a native uh, Topekan, um, moved away a couple times, but but moved back. I've been with KDADS now for, um, it'll be about five years in, in uh, actually this December. Um, I've been in this role for the, for that length of time um, with Secretary Howard. Um, she recruited me to come um, and work on um, kind of two parts of, of the agency, our, our regulatory functions. So we license and, and oversee nursing homes, adult um, assisted living facilities, um, lots of other kinds of institutional placements. So that regulatory functions under my, um, under my area and then the four existing state hospitals uh, the two for mental illness or people with mental illness and two for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Uh, those are supervision of the hospitals and working with those superintendents um, is under my area as well. And mm -hmm. there wasn't a, a person specifically assigned to that, that role. So that's what I stepped into and um, started and then uh, COVID hit. And so a lot of the first 
a year and a half of my job was about our COVID response at the at the hospitals and for nursing facilities. And um, but it, it's nice to now have uh, that be less of a focus and more about capacity and and uh, the continuum of care and and how we can kind of expand services for Kansans that have have um, mental illness and and intellectual disabilities as well. But but we're focused more on mental health today. Um, mm -hmm. Before I got to KDADS, I worked for an insurance company. I was part of the Medicaid managed care uh, plan, um, one of them. Um, and before that, I was with the Kansas Health Institute and did some health policy research around Medicaid and managed care. In my prior state life, before that, I was state Medicaid director, um, was the chief financial officer for the Medicaid program. So much more of more of my professional experiences on the Medicaid, healthcare, um, insurance side, but um, I've learned a lot about running hospitals, uh, running facilities, uh, what it takes to run facilities. And um, and uh, yeah, it's been an exciting role to be be part of, particularly as this kind of development's happening in the in the state with support from locals and um, the legislature and the governor as well. So it's been I, I want to talk about that whole collaboration as we get going. Um, you mentioned four state hospitals, two are mental health facilities. Uh, that's that's Larned and Osawatomie. Can you talk right. about kind of the background of how it was determined that there is a need for a third psych psychiatric mm -hmm. hospital in the state? Oh, sure. Um, so the what, what's different about state hospitals than other kinds of hospitals, either that are that serve psychiatric patients or that are um, specialty psychiatric hospitals, um, our role statutorily is to make sure that we are providing care for people that have mental illness that are found by a court to be uh, needing uh, involuntary care for their for their condition. So uh, there's a determination made, anybody who's coming into either Larned or Osawatomie uh, on the psychiatric side um, has to be screened by a mental health center that their need is high enough that they need a state hospital level placement. And then that goes to the court to decide if, they're, uh, if it meets the statutory requirements for what we call a care and treatment case and if those two things are met, then that person's ordered to a state hospital for care. Um, and right now we've got um, about 90 beds at Larned that we can use for that purpose and uh, about 120 at Osawatomie. And those are, are uh, had been over the last, particularly during COVID, uh, chronically full. So there was a wait list for people to get in. So people are backed up in hospital emergency rooms, um, sometimes in law enforcement, maybe not arrested, but but in their care, uh, waiting to get into one of the, one of our care and treatment beds. Um, so uh, as we were thinking about what do we do about that problem, because we've got a statutory obligation to, to care for folks, um, we we did a couple of things. We developed some partnerships with private with community hospitals um, that we call state institutional alternatives that can meet our level of care. So they're functioning like a state state hospital, but they don't have to leave. They can go via Christie. Um, St. Joe is one of those partner hospitals. So they're they're meeting some of that uh, acute um, stabilization need. Uh, we've been remodeling some space at Osawatomie as well to expand our bed capacity there. Um, been trying to get more people hired at Larned to so we can use all the beds we have there. But then the kind of, I know, third leg to the stool was um, thinking about regional capacity in the state um, where that, that state hospital level of care could be provided as close to where a person lives um, so that when they're discharged, um, they have access to their community mental health center, to housing, to employment. Because um, a lot of times what we'd see is we, you've got a person from Wichita who needs our level of care 
um, we transport them to Osawatomie for 14, 16, 18 days. And then, and then they have to come back. They're going to come back to, to Wichita. And sometimes there's a break in the care they had, or they may have lost their job or their apartment that they had um, because they've been in a hospital. Um, you know, maybe they're, they've got a problem with their rent or so anyway, the closer we can make that connection. So we don't have the time and transport. Mm -hmm. uh, we just think keeps people connected. So we went to the governor, uh, put that in our budget a couple of years ago. We didn't really identify a location, but then at the same time, Cedric County was really interested in putting their legislative platform to build a state state run hospital for this purpose in, in there. So it, and we figured out some spark funding to make that fit. And it really was a good alignment of both where um, people that were going to Osawatomie, a, a good concentration of them are from Cedric County or the surrounding counties. Um, there's a county interest in having a hospital uh, there that would meet this purpose. And we wanted to build regional capacity. So it, the kind of all those things aligned uh, to get us where we are uh, well right now um, in terms of selecting a site and, and a design and um, going forward. Does does is Wichita a no brainer when it comes to site selection in the Wichita area, or did you initially consider other areas? We we did talk about um, you know one of the, the things one of the issues we have at Larned in Osawatomie is they're in pretty rural counties. Right. Um, even though Osawatomie is in the Johnson in the metro area, it's way on the south side of it. So you know, in population base to hire one hundred and fifty. 200 staff members is hard to do uh, in in a in Pawnee County or Miami County. So we thought, well, a population center would be good for employment purposes. Um, there's only you know maybe three options in this, in Kansas for that. It's it's either Cedric County, South Central, somewhere in the KC Metro area, or somewhere between the in the Topeka Topeka Lawrence Manhattan sort of corridor. Um, so, and there was, there's some private hospital development that's going on in, in the Johnson County, Wyandotte County area uh, for psychiatric hospitals. So we didn't think that was necessarily the best fit, um, but we did talk about it, but it really did align when the county uh, had in their legislative platform um, requesting uh, funding to build a, a hospital in, in Cedric County or in the, in the area for, um, to serve that, that part of the state. So, um, I think we'd look at other areas. Actually, that has come up at a couple of the town hall meetings that, you know, are you looking at other areas for regional hospitals and sort of we're spending a lot of our energy in Cedric County at the moment. So um, and we do want to see what happens with the private development in the in the KC metro area. But um, but I think it's a model that that works, um, it, it, particularly working with community hospitals that are willing to, to, to have some beds available that we can use. Um, building a facility is a, a it's a big undertaking. Um, so I, I I don't know that we've got a, another location in mind for that, but um, mm -hmm. but it's certainly on the list of things to again. There's needs all over the state, western part of the state as well. The scale's different, but certainly you don't want to have people driving four or five hours to get to care. Um, that just the continuity is really really difficult mm -hmm. to maintain there too. I imagine that when you when there are plans for something like this from the outset, collaboration, quality collaboration with with county officials, city officials is of the utmost importance. Can you talk about Sedgwick County's input and uh, working with them is in, in getting this going or getting a timeline going? Mm -hmm. You know, when Sedgwick County made their initial request to spark for the COVID relief money, um, they had some parts of. Uh, what I'd call the design of, of the building already in mind, the 
the, the number of beds was was 50. That was their their thought. Um, uh, curse location was sort of part of that because it's Sedgwick County asking. Um, and then the other part that I think was really important was that it was pretty clear they didn't want to run the hospital. They wanted it to be state operated uh, and had a clear idea of what that meant in terms of the role we have and our statutory responsibilities. So that makes it easier when we kind of had those fundamental pieces um, already agreed to. Um, because it could have gone a different way where they said, well, we want a hospital, but we want people, you know, to be able, we want ambulances to be able to, to roll up and drop somebody off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not our model at the state hospitals and won't be in this building. So we had a lot of the kind of fundamental things. Um, uh, I don't mutually agree to, but they were part of the initial discussion. Um, so that, that helped. Um, and then as the COVID money rolled out, that was part of, part of the funds were assigned to KDADS to allocate. So we worked with the county, took their application and were able to kind of model that funding, that grant to the county based on what they asked for. So, and then knew what our part of that would be as well in terms of what we'd ask in the governor's budget for. So those parts are worked really well and actually working with the county in, in terms of the, we, we developed a memorandum of agreement um, pretty early on in the process um, just to kind of lay out the principles and we didn't really have a lot of back and forth uh, on that in, in terms of the the fundamental pieces of it. So I think all those elements, uh, and it's a, I, I will say in all honesty, I was a little surprised that we were able to come to agreement on some of those terms and, and understanding of what the project, what our limitations would be um, as a state. Um, so yeah, that, that part's worked really well. It is complicated because the county wants to build the project um, we're working together on design. They're really building it for us and turning it over to us. That's not typically the way the state builds something or the county would build it. But, um, you know, I, I think it's it's largely worked pretty well. At least we understand all the, I think we have a good understanding of the ground rules and we've been able to follow those things. So um, I, I, I've been, and the county staff in particular and the commission been very welcoming to us and listening to our input and, and advising us, keeping us included. Um, so I, I feel really good about the partnership um, in terms of the support we're getting from the county and, and hopefully they are getting the support they need from us as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Larned and Osawatomie, not, not, uh, not, uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, uh, you know, great, hubs of uh in uh, population i guess is what i'm trying oh, to say yeah yeah, rural uh, counties. yeah they're in rural areas that's, that's so for sure. so when you're trying to to put a, a regional psychiatric hospital in a in in the biggest city in in the state are there challenges i mean do you you've held town hall meetings uh do you what are people saying to you about where they want it placed is it the old not in my neighborhood uh scenario um, we have got some comments like that, um, or more preferences. So people have said, you know, we, it ought to be close to where other services are for, for people right. with mental illness. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the continuum of care that, that makes sense, you know, avoid daycares, avoid places where there are children. These are going to be adult patients, um, entirely. And because there's a criminal, a part of the hospital's purpose is for evaluating people who are, um, there's a question of whether they're competent to stand trial. So those are criminal defendants who have a charge uh, who are in the process of standing trial, some of those for violent offenses. So we're going to 
be evaluating their competency and trying to restore them. Um, that's not people necessarily you want to have um, on the street uh, or have an easy way of getting on the street. So protecting children, protecting families where people live and work, that, that's important. And it's important wherever we, at, at Oswald, I mean, learn it, it's important there too. Uh, the, the benefit we have there is space. Um, so we still have fences and we still have secure doors, but we're also a mile or so away from a, a, the the city proper in Larned mm -hmm. or Oswatomie. Um, so that's going to be harder to do in Cedric County, honestly. And I think that's part of what the public's um, questions are, or how to be deliberate about making a choice like that. But um, on the flip side, um, you know, people now are driving 30, 40, 50, uh, 60 minutes to Lauren or Osawatomi to, to work, um, putting in 12, 14, 16 hour days and then driving home. Um, hopefully we won't have that kind of, uh, well, we may have the working hours, but maybe not the transport time for, for folks. So, uh, you know, it's just a different different set of, of uh, scenarios. But I think in terms of safety and trying to keep people uh, protected, keep, keep our patients safe, but also keep the public safe that's really fundamental to the design and what we want to uh, make sure we're protecting um, however close our neighbors are. And, uh, you know, the sites that we're looking at, the four that are shortlisted, different degrees of how close they are to other other uh, residential development or other kinds of things. Um, but, um, you know, it's good to know that going in. That's why we've been asking the public for advice about that. Our advisory mm -hmm. panel, the county commission, they, they've raised um, not necessarily the same, but similar kinds of concerns and from their perspective of what's important. And I wanted to ask you about those four sites. The, the KDADS and the county originally received 14 right. possible sites, applications, I guess, for lack of a better term. And you all narrowed it down to four. Those four are the old Riverside Hospital location at Central McLean Boulevard, um, 85th and 135, basically just north of the old Kansas Coliseum, the NIAR yes. facility now. 53rd and Greenwich and Meridian and MacArthur. And like you said, one's right in the middle of town, one's kind of on the edge of town, and then two out there a little bit, as we would say. Um, what goes into looking at those final four to come up with a with a final determination on site? Oh, sure. Um, well, in terms of our our professional or the the county and state evaluators, mm -hmm. you know, one, once we got to the full four, um, we looked at the cost of the site, uh, not just buying the site, but then building something on top of it, uh, but then also best fit for the public and and the project and the purposes. So that's a little more, um, it, it's maybe a little more subjective, the price not so much, but but kind of what's best fit. Um, so a lot of what we looked at for the, the sites in terms of the clinical approach for us was, you know, is it a therapeutic environment? We're going to build a building, but you know, is it in a place where uh, patients can get outside? And if they, when they go outside, what are they going to see? What do we have to do to the site to make it, um, you know, a, a good environment for people that, that um, are needing care and and um, want to heal? Um, so we looked at the, those kinds of things. It, it uh, honestly, it is a little hard because it's pretty different to take an existing building compared to an open site. And um, so we did take our design. We have did work with an architectural firm over the summer, come up with a preliminary design. And you can use that to sort of say, well, programmatically, what do we need? And if you look at a 12-acre a site, well, we can build exactly what we designed or pretty close to it. In an existing building, you know, what spaces would we have to accommodate there? Um, for example, in the design, we've got 
gymnasiums because we want to have places for people to exercise uh, at the uh, West Central site. It's kind of hard to figure out how do you put in a, a basketball uh, court um, in that space. So what do you do that's different? Um, so I think those are factors that, that we evaluated. But then the cost was a was a, an element as well that in the in the proposals, you know, what it would cost to buy, acquire, um, and then um, then make the site acceptable. So um, those are the kinds of things that we took to our our final scoring. The the county commission did meet uh, on Wednesday. That's December twentieth yes. in executive session to talk about a site or maybe more than one site where they don't let us know what goes on in executive session, but they did not take any action. And we were thinking maybe they would come out and say, we're going to go with this site. That didn't happen right. though. So what's a new timeline for when you hope to be able to say, this is the one of the, the one of the four final sites that we're going to go with. So in the request for proposals that the County put out for properties, one of the um, conditions was that any site that's offered we'd have to be able to close on the purchase by the end of January. So we're hoping that if we can get, get everything else resolved yesterday uh, for the County Commission was kind of gave us a full month to get through that closing process. Um, so we're not gonna have the full full month, but if we can get to a decision in the first couple of weeks at one when the commission meets on the third or the 10th, um, there's still a couple of weeks. I, hopefully that's enough time to get to closing, but. But theoretically, the the sites know, and the shortlisted sites certainly know they're the ones being considered. So, uh, whatever hurdles it takes to get to closing, hopefully those aren't aren't too um, too uh, huge. But um, so I'm still hoping we we get to a point where we're on a site by the end of January, um, and then we we award, they did uh, the county did award the architects and engineering um, contract yesterday, so we can get the design going. Um, they they really want to know the site they're designing too, so that we got there's some contingencies. But um, so hopefully we don't lose too much time in in needing the the delay. So the process is, is KDADS has a preference on the four, and you take it to the Sedgwick County Commission, and they have to okay it. It's not Sedgwick County makes a decision, and KDADS has to okay it. We, we want to come to a consensus and it's where we are now on the state is we've got some some due diligence we need to do on on a couple of the sites uh of the four um before we're finalized on what the state's recommendation is okay gotcha uh are there other really large challenges involved here uh that we haven't talked about yet in getting this project off the ground Workforce is the big one, um, yeah. other than just getting a project like this built and in the time frame to build it. Um, but I think workforce is the one that is uh, concerning, uh, concerns me, concerns a lot of folks that are mental health providers in, in the area. Um, you know, one of the concerns, uh, not just ComCare, but them and other service providers is we, we drop a state hospital uh, with 50 beds in the in Shawnee area in Sedgwick County. Um, we need to hire what 200 people um and some of those are going to be clinicians when in a shortage where there's already a shortage of clinicians are we just taking com cares social workers and psychologists and, and therapists or people from via Christie or um so we the focus has really got to be on expanding the base of providers make sure there's more for everybody um and and so that we can uh, be part of that as well so i think we'll see in our advisory panel um over the next um 
four or five months, you know, really focusing on workforce. What can we do to make sure educational um, institutions are, are generating um, the right number of licensed people that we need uh, that that folks, you know, kids in high school, kids in junior high are thinking about what do you want to do in the future? Well, there's a place for you to work if you want to work in a service, uh, in a human service world. You can work in an outpatient center at ComCare or our facility or and where those are new and state of the art, uh, you know, that may be a little more attractive to get people in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the workforce is kind of the big one that if we can't hire to fill the beds that that we have, uh, it's capacity that doesn't doesn't meet the need. So that, that's got to be um, certainly something that we work on as we get kind of the, past this point of site selection and, and design. But how do we in two years when we have to open the doors, are there people to hire? Right. Uh, and that kind of leads me into my next question. You and Tanya Cole from the county talked at a town hall recently about the possibility of expansion to 100 beds. Mm-hmm. I guess first question is, why not do that from the outset if you think the the need is there? And is workforce a, a part of that answer? Um, it, it could be. It, it's more um, the money that's been appropriated or granted through Spark for the project was to build 50 beds. So honestly, we don't have enough money. I, I don't think we have enough money to build the hundred. We are designing with that in mind because that was part of the legislative charge. Um, but I think uh, so. The advisory panel um, uh, that the governor appointed, um, we've met a couple times, talked about that. I I don't know that it's a majority, but we've certainly talked about it with the panel that they would want to recommend that we do exactly that, build to hundred, um, staff up for it, sort of build that in. And if there's money that we need to ask for in the legislative process now's the time to do that um so I, I to me it is a staffing issue i mean that that is a exponentially bigger hurdle to try to get a get across um but we just don't we didn't we don't have the money for that in the budget that we have right now we can go to the legislature in two weeks and uh, make that request um or the legislature can give us the money i guess we don't have to ask they could give it to us and say go build it um, but but that's I think that's really the legislative discussion over the next uh, 90 days or so to to say if that's the direction and we've got the funding to do it. How do we how do we execute at that point? Right. Um, you mentioned earlier that the, the county acknowledges this is a state run hospital, but I'm also wondering about the possibility of it being a privately run state hospital. Oh. Um, how does that work? Are, are that's isn't that that's not the case in Osawatomie and, and Larned right now, is it? And what what kind of chances of that happening here? So it's another one of the questions that the panel's asked to evaluate and provide recommendations about of whether we privatize some parts of the hospital operations. Um, it it makes um, there are models around the country of private contractors running um, state psychiatric hospitals, both the kind of competency um, evaluation parts or the care and treatment. Um, the direct patient care kind uh, roles. Um, we, we need to talk about that because there's probably some cost implications, but also maybe some ease of operations because then we don't have to worry about hiring people. The contractor's got to provide the staff. Um, so that's a conversation to have over the course of, again, the next year. Uh, what the process would be uh, from the state side, we'd, we'd put out a request for proposals and say, hey, in 2027, we're going to open a 50 to 100 bed psychiatric hospital, uh, and we'd like to to, to uh, see vendors would like to provide the nursing, psychology, psychiatry, medical services, whatever those elements are, 
um, what would that look like? How would you propose doing it? And what would it cost? And then we build that into the, the operational budget. Um, mm-hmm. and put that side uh, by you, side with hiring state employees and going through that process, what that would look like as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned 2027 for an opening. Tell me just real quickly the tri- timeline from approving a site to breaking ground and then opening. So um, the timeline that we, so we're in, get the site selected. Uh, we're in the design process uh, this year I think the timeline is by the end of end of um, calendar 24 we'd have the design uh, finalized and be out uh, and I think have awarded the, the construction contract by the end of the year I think our groundbreaking kind of tentative date was in November or December of, of 2024 um, 12 18 to 24 month build time window um, so I think we'd look at construction being largely complete by the end of mid or not mid October, November, 2026. And we take it over and uh, start serving patients the first part of 2027. Gotcha. Well, Scott Bruner, thanks so much for joining me. Scott's deputy secretary of the Kansas department for uh, aging and disability services. I never say that. It's a lot of words. First time. It's a lot of words. Thanks so much for joining me and, and giving some insight to this project. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. That's it for BizTalk this week, episode 343. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. We thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well, be safe, and have a very Merry Christmas. Have a profitable week.